Hi, and welcome to SpondyCast, where we bring together the best medical minds, thought leaders, scientists, patients, and caregivers to inform and inspire the spondylitis community. I'm your host, Jill Miller, living my best spa life, knowing that how we meet today has the power to change everything going forward. Hi, and welcome to SpondyCast. I'm your host, Jill Miller, and today our guest is me, going through the 2023 highlights from all 50 plus episodes of SpondyCast. I am joined today by my very diligent and amazing staff member from Spondylitis Association of America, Ms. Denisha Randall, who has put up with me nonstop throughout 2023 while we pulled this together. And she and I have had a lot of fun along with Chauncey, uh, who produces our show. And we're gonna go through a few reels uh, of highlights from the year. Of course, they pulled some embarrassing moments. Thankfully, there were no bloopers. But let's, uh, yeah, Denisha, let's do the year in review. Welcome. Thank you. In my opinion, my job is to provide hope, right? Really, that's what I do. Um, and to and to empower people to be hopeful, right? Which I is important. Yeah, and it's important. And so when we interpret the data together, you know, you sat at visits with me. We want to look at data together. We want to understand it together. And then we do. We're, some patients, I'll say, you have to take my hand and jump with me. Like there's no other way to put this. And I know we've just now met only for the second time or the third time, but you have to just jump at a certain level. There's not that certainty always for us. And so I think if I can provide hope, if I can keep on providing encouragement, when patients um, believe in what they're doing and believe in themselves, they often will get better. And you see that, right? Why do? Why are there so many medicines that are placebo that work, right? Because we all want to get better. We want things to work. And I see it in patients who come to me from another doctor where a medicine wasn't working and we started the same medicine and it works. And what's the difference is we're educating the patient, we're empowering the patient, we're trying to provide hope, right? And so I think it does, it lifts people up. And people, when you're suffering and you're, you're, you're I don't wanna say damaged, but you feel damaged. And for a lot of the people who finally get to me with ankylosing spondylitis, they also are broken down because people have not listened to them and have not taken care of them. You know, my job is to embrace that and to give hope. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think the first time I walked in here, I was taking eight different medications. And I, I'll never forget, you may not remember this, but you came in and I started this puddle on the floor and you got up and you walked out and it might have been, it was one of your nursing staff and you said, can you just tell whoever's waiting? I'm going to be a little longer. Right. And you came back in and you said, here's what I think it is. We're going to do the test and then we're going to try and fix you. Right. And I, I will never forget the day. And now I'm going to cry again. I'll never forget the day that you walked in after the testing and you said, you opened your laptop and you said, okay, so you do have ankylosing spondylitis. And then you paused and your eyes got teary mm -hmm. and you said, and I know what this means for a mom and a woman your age, and we're going to work together to get this under control. Mm -hmm. And it was hope. It was exactly what mm -hmm. it was. And, 
I think you're humanizing the experience of rheumatology. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that was Dr. Aaron Arnold, who's my rheumatologist. Amazing. And I get clamped every time I listen to that or think about it because, right, I lived that story. But interestingly, uh, that was one of our first episodes, right? Right. That was our very first episode. Not long after that, I was driving down the road and I got a call from her office thinking it was, you know, checking in on an appointment. <laughs> and I answered it and it was her. And she said, hey, I just saw a woman who watched the podcast, got in her car, made an appointment with me, drove five hours to see me. And she's been seen by all these doctors. And I really believe I can help her. Wow. That is so amazing. And totally why we do this, you know, like how impactful. Yeah, it's totally why we do it. And I watch it and I think of all the people who've been down the same path. And when you talk about her compassion is this outsized ability to imagine herself into someone else's situation. Uh, yeah, I love her dearly. Uh, and doing that with her was such a, an amazing moment after 10 years of having her as a physician. Um, uh, yeah, I hope she'll come back again. We did wrangle her into the board. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope she comes back as well. I mean, you know, she definitely humanizes that experience. Yeah. And, and she's, she can be a little tough love sometimes. And <laughs> I, re and it was actually, it might've been right before or after we taped that episode. And I was having kind of a rough spell and she walked into the office and she shut the door. She was doing her checkup and she shut the door and she just looked at me and she said, could you please get your shit together? Your blood work is terrible. <laughs> and you know what? And it's it's like having someone that's that that understands. And I think a lot of people with this disease don't have anyone that really understands. So I'm grateful for her. Uh, yeah, and the empowerment. I think, piece. I think that's what it it you know that it just reminds me of you know maybe like back in the day. <laughs> when you had teachers that cared that way and approached, you know, life in that manner. So to have a doctor um, give that type of care is, you know, uncanny, you know, care, community, especially when you are trying to manage a chronic illness. And, you know, that's the time where you, you, you need the help and the support the most. So when you go into a doctor's office and you don't, and you're getting that care and support, that definitely will inspire hope. You know. Yeah, and I I think like Spondycast having the privilege to do this, it it extends and extends the barriers of the community that has spondyloarthritis. Exactly, and that to me is knowing that we're reaching different people who've never been reached before is really amazing. 
I totally agree. Oh yeah. And it's right. And I'm going to give Chauncey credit for this one in the green room. He <laughs> says it's not always about the illness, but it's always about the healing. And I think yeah. that is a lot of what she brings. Good job, Chauncey. You're, you've got a crystal ball back there or something. <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on to Jana Lomax? One of my other. Yes. Yes. So let's do. Jana Lomax out of Denver, right? She's a, a a psychologist and we brought her on after I heard her speak in 2018 at the, uh, it was the SAA patient seminar in Denver uh, when we did a support group. And I remember her talking and I think we talk about it in the episode. She did a talk on managing spondyloarthritis as a, as a disease and not letting the acute become the chronic. And that changed my outlook. So we were lucky enough to have her for two episodes. Uh, and I, I'm, I, you don't know it yet, but I'm, <laughs> I'm talking in the background with her about a third. Uh, if I can convince Melissa. Uh, so uh, that would be yeah, amazing. Dr. Lomax, she, I love this woman talking about the articulation. So one of the things that I have, and I think too, when, when this is a hack, one of those hacks we talked about, um, <clears throat> how do you hack this disease? So I've started to learn uh, in just general life, but particularly when I've had like a really long day, I've got kind of the brain fog. I'm trying to articulate something that's going on and it might be articulating it to another human being uh, about what I need. I have found the hack of almost like journaling to chat GPT and asking it to help organize my thoughts and provide an artic a better articulation of what I'm saying that's more succinct. And it has been, yeah, it's because I've always got a thousand things in my head. When the AS takes over, you get brain fog. I'm sure yeah. I would, go for it. I'd have ADHD diagnosis. I have no <laughs> doubt. Um, and I, it has served me well most of my life, but, um, but surely that's one of the, the thought I, I thought like, because it is hard to articulate it. And yeah. then the assumptions piece around relationships is also very hard to deal with. Uh, yeah. and yeah, I, I think the articulation is one of the hardest things for any of us. I agree with you totally. And what a brilliant hack you've stumbled upon. I'm going to take that into my repertoire. Thank you so Thank much. You. For sharing it's that. awesome. I just always leave names out. I remake names yeah. so that ChatGPT yeah. isn't recording whatever's going on in my yeah. life. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a brilliant hack. And I, yes, I was, as I was, you know, thinking about articulation, my mind was thinking also like drafting an email or drafting a note or just kind of getting your thoughts out of your brain onto yeah. something else so that you can get to them at a later time when they are clearer to you or when the circumstance necessitates. Ankylosing spondylitis and chat GPT have become one of my favorite things this year. <laughs> uh, so when you said that, that blew my mind. I said, wow, what a concept. Um, I think most of us dealing with everything going on, you know, that is a great way to organize your thoughts. Well, you know, and I, I'm a firm believer in 
a lot of this is communication. And I once had someone say to me when I was, uh, I don't know, it had been two, three, four years in, and I wasn't feeling well. And then I started treatment and started to get better. Uh, And somebody said to me, they said, you're talking again. They said, you've been like silent for years. And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm feeling better since I started this or that or whatever therapy it was, uh, biologic therapy. And they said, well, there's actually a third woman there. We were at a yoga class and we were leaving. And she said, that actually makes sense. And she's a, she was a dentist, I think. And she said, because your tongue is an extension of your spine. And if your spine feels better, you probably have more words. And I was blown away <laughs> uh, at that. But but the communication piece, I mean, I, I think even the best of communicators can't always communicate cro- like through a chronic disease. Right. And the other thing about ChatGPT is, you know, for a lot of people, uh, and goodness, there are so many roads we could have gone down with Jana Lomax, but... I think that, you know, I did a quick into chat GPT and I just said, Hey, today I'm feeling miserable and sorry for myself. My body feels so inflamed for my AS. How do I tell my partner that I need a break and can't be a partner today? And this was just as we were sitting here and it said, I'm very sorry to hear you're feeling this way. It's so important to communicate your needs to your partner and honestly is usually the best approach. Here's a suggestion for how you might express your feelings. Hey, partner's name, I need to speak to you. Today my AS is flaring and I'm feeling really miserable physically. I wanna be open and I hope you can understand that I need to take care of myself and rest. I'm also not in the best emotional state and I think it would be best if I took a break and focused on my well-being. I don't want you to feel like I'm not there for you, but I appreciate your support during times like this. And I will promise to keep you updated on how I'm doing and look forward to being back to myself soon. And I think things like that, that sometimes we don't feel, we can't organize our thoughts around it. And by asking for what we need, I think it empowers us in many ways. In general. Yeah. Because you feel heard and accepted and, you know, it, 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 and it creates that real connection. You feel like someone cares. Yeah. And it, it, it also, I also wonder about, right, the number of like connections you even have, just short-term connections that sometimes disappear because you didn't show up to something or you weren't feeling well. And what, the possibilities could have been had you just shot that person a note and said, you know, hey, I know we met on the playground and we said we were going to have coffee. I'm just not feeling great. And I need this is what I need today. Uh, and not everybody is going to understand that. But I think you start you you also find out who your people are. <laughs> um, it's very true. In some cases. Yeah. I mean, it, and I mean, in general. Well, ChatGPT was my uh, my hack, and I still think we should do a whole Spondy Hacks episode. I think uh, that'd be great. But uh, yeah, for sure, I would love to hear from people what their hacks are. Uh, the the things that Jana Lomax brings 
and the way she can put things into frame for you, she's so amazing. I mean, just the way she talks about it, I always think even on rough days when she said, uh, sometimes you have to figure out how to like ride the surfboard in the waves. <laughs> right. Yeah. And Is they that- can be bumpy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so no, she's pretty amazing. And, and like we can circle it back to, you know, hope like that surfboard and having faith and hope keeps you on the surfboard while you, you know, you know, riding through the ways of life and everything that's happening. Um, so, yeah, you know, and being I very connected to your feelings and understand what you're going through can help you navigate that. Yeah. And I think, too, when you going back to what Aaron Arnold said and combined with Jana and then we'll get into our third embarrassing moment here. Uh, so was but me. I think it's when sometimes, not always, and we talked a lot about pain this year with Afton Hassett and Dr. Daniel Claw, uh, the different types of pain and how sometimes I'm going to do a terrible job at the at the articulation of. Uh, the clinical terms for it, but the different types of pain that our brain is creating in some cases, that's real pain, but our brain is creating it and how there are ways to re, like rebuild the neural pathways. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, some of that is about the empowerment and getting our, our mind out of our body a little bit. Uh, I think, what does she say? Uh, neurons that fire together wire together that's the (laughs) the phrase and it's it's the idea right i don't know if you remember her book uh the chronic pain reset which was right uh, i thought a great book and it, it really does bring up a lot of things that generate sort of the happiness in your in your brain right that you're pulling these endorphins that are creating happiness for you. And so let's go to the happiest of a really, really, really happy. Yeah, let's, let's this do was it. our 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 guest Iris Zink, who is a uh, specialist in sex and chronic disease. Woman who is having trouble with intimacy, or man, I uh, still feeling like. I'm lacking sexual desire. My partner doesn't like me. Would it be normal in protocol or maybe like I'm having pain during sex? I don't know why. Would it, would you recommend that to a patient that, okay, well, if you're not feeling with your partner, it is part of your overall health to find intimacy and touch. And mm-hmm. do you recommend like leading up to that with a lot of self-massage right well and i i have ladies that come in and they're they tell me they're virgins and it's that's frightening because they're 45 and then they have a new partner and i'm like please do not have sex with them first so you know because the if you're not using a dilator you're it's going to be really painful so yeah self you first have to figure out what it takes to orgasm you know if you don't know what makes you orgasm or what turns you on, then how are you going to explain that or guide somebody else to do that? 
So, you know, I think self-pleasure is very important. And thank God people made shower heads that come down and you could direct the water to the blood flow to so have an orgasm. Or you can buy toys on Amazon. I mean, there are, or you have fingers. You know, I had a patient who was a quadriplegic and he always wanted the same nurse to come and give him his neck and shoulder massage every night. <laughs> He's only getting off on that because the only feeling he had was nipples up. And so he wanted the same nurse every night. And so they're like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's getting off. So, which is fine. Totally. As long as everybody knows what's going on, that's totally fine. But we can't forget that people with quadriplegia are still having sex. I mean, you know, Superman had babies after he became a quadriplegic. So everybody's still having sex. So have you done any tracking of uh, where people began in terms of intimacy or a, a marker like DHEA and over time when they are having more intimacy and does the disease, does like the disease severity go down? Oh, I, I think definitely. So I have not done that personal research study. I can't see that research. <laughs> I'm, I'm certain that it does, but I think more than anything, it's the normalcy. So, so Jackie's my friend from California. She's a nurse practitioner out there. And she's always reminding me about normalcy, that that's what people want to get back to. When they're diagnosed with a chronic disease, everybody just wants things to go back to normal. And normal is sex for some people, you know, not, not for everybody, but intimacy is normal for a lot of people or that has been a normalcy for them. So it's just about getting back to that state of, you know, this is we we're twice a weeker on the sex and making sure that you have time to have sex and that you are rested enough to have sex which is big in these relationships. I mean, that's the other thing is if you're the only person who's taking out the garbage and the recycling and making the kids lunches and doing all the laundry and doing all the cooking and you're working full time, it is not going to happen. So the best right. thing a partner can do is unload the dishwasher. I mean, that is the sexiest thing my husband ever does is unload the dishwasher. And it's, as I always say, it's never just about the dishwasher. <laughs> That's where communication comes in, uh -huh. right? Uh, I like that one for you. All right. What did you think of that episode, Denisha? <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. One thing that she, well, one of the points that stood out to me, um, especially in this particular clip, is she talked about normalcy. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like that is something that's really important um, as well as communication um, to create that intimacy that, um, you know, someone is looking for in a relationship. And she also uh, gave great ways to get there. So, <laughs> yeah. And it was an interesting one. I remember us taping it and then I <laughs> jumped off the stream yard and thought, oh my gosh, what did I just talk about? <laughs> in public and it's forever like on it's out audio. There. Uh, but think how many lives, how many people, um, you know, because you dared to do it and you, you dared to be transparent. How many people were touched and um, impacted and literally benefited from that? <laughs> 
I think so. I mean, I, I know, you know, sex is not one of the most comfortable, um, you know, easy topics to necessarily discuss, especially with your partner, especially when you are, you know, dealing with a chronic illness and, you know, managing all the, the ebbs and flows of life. I feel like that will inspire so many people. Yeah, and I'm I sure it has already. <laughs> I know we tried very hard and SAA team did an amazing job of curating guests across the spectrum of rheumatologists with different opinions, different specialties, all the the different com comorbidities and some of the content probably wasn't for everyone across the year. Uh, but I like to think every episode we did touched somebody's life. But I'll say, I mean, I think the thing that every time we did an episode and a few times we did like three or four in a week, um, it was always the funnest hour of the day or the week or whatever. Uh, and I always learned something, even after 10 years with this disease and I'm a hound for picking up information, just like so many people are. I mean, I, I remember, you know, Sandra Voss was an early one that we had on that does uh, yoga for spondies and she was incredible. I learned so much from her. Uh, the, The, info or the, the connection from people who reached out that were listeners just was so touching to, you know, the work that SAA does and the fact that we have a sponsor who's been amazing. Um, and it's been a full year. <laughs> It has been a full year and hearing from people, I did hear from someone who, you know, recently who was going through a diagnosis is also in a professional job and, you know, said it's, it's so encouraging and inspiring to hear how you've overcome things. Uh, and that makes it worth it, right? If someone who's 10 or 20 years younger than me doesn't have to suffer, I would do this every day. Right. And so I just hope that I hope we, we continue on the path. Um, and I'm so grateful for you guys at SAA um, and such a, a, a privilege to be part of this organization in, in a couple of different ways. Uh, I don't know what I would have done without you <laughs> for sure. And <laughs> Melissa um, and Richard. And with the whole gang, uh, Jason, Chauncey, just, yeah, every, yeah, I know. Um, so I hope people will keep listening and, uh, yeah, I, I hope everyone learned something and was able to take something away. I, I mentioned in the green room, the, one of the most like touching moments was between the people that have reached out and then someone told me the other day who I'd never met before was like, this is my top Spotify podcast. <laughs> wow. And I, yeah, it's, but it is, I mean, it's, you don't think there's a lot of us out there, but there are, I mean, and we're all kind of in the same 
community of of hope and empowerment and someday suffering. Exactly. And again, that's why, you know, Spondycast is so important because, you know, you may not, it, you know, every episode, you know, may not be for everyone, but you're going to learn something from every episode, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, there are I mean, so many I hope sometimes. tidbits of information that I was able to, you know, add to, you know, my life to improve it. Um, from Dr. Uh, Liz Maines, you know, with emotional impacts of living with spot oh, yeah. to, you know, um, what about Dr. Lee with integrative med uh, medicine? Um, oh, I love that one. Gosh. That one, right. Oh, oh my goodness. Um, Dr. Philippou, that is, I mean, those oh, you know, and uh, tips were just spot on. She's incredible. She really is. Uh, He's incredible and, oh gosh, we should have had the whole list. I wish I had it in front of me because even, you know, who was really amazing too was Dr. Khan. Remember? Right. And maybe that's, oh yes. Do you remember the story he told about the woman who he had that had rheumatoid that was, she was blind and deaf and mute and she typed her her notes of her needs and that's how she communicated and everything he went through to help her keep her fingers right. active um and that and i think he said she had she used to tap morse code on her uh partner's oh, hand. hand yes i remember that how inspiring to not give up in the face of a challenge. Adversity, exactly. I think that may be the moment of the year. I would have to agree. That was definitely inspiring. I remember sitting there just like on the edge of my seat, like, oh my goodness. And then what happened? Um, so we've had yeah. some really amazing guests on here and we're excited um, for the guests that we have lined up in the upcoming year in 2024. The mood is hope. You know, yeah. you know, getting empowered through education. And, you know, we are so appreciative for your time, Jill. You have made this so much fun. I've learned so much along the way. And I'm sure on behalf of SAA, we thank you so very much for all you've invested into this project and made it as beautiful and um, successful as it has been. So thank you so very much. This has been my honor and privilege. Um, and on that note, I guess it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Happy New Year. We'll see you all in 24. Spondycast was made possible by donations from the Spondylitis Association of America's individual members and our show's corporate sponsor, AbbVie. Since our founding in 1983, the Spondylitis Association of America has been the face, voice, and leading nationwide nonprofit, educating, empowering, and advocating for people living with spondyloarthritis. Through our extensive work with patients, the medical community, and partners, we provide information and resources to help people impacted by the disease live better lives and champion research to find a cure.